Hi, I'm Susan Raff, and welcome to Real Talk. We have a lot to talk about today, uh, and it is the shockwaves and perhaps all of the uh, states that are now trying to figure out what to do after Roe versus Wade. Uh, we are seeing several states, trigger states, uh, ban abortion. Uh, some are planning to do that, and other states like Connecticut are codifying uh, abortion rights. Uh, so we wanted to talk to doctors, and particularly we have Dr. Emily Fine here today, to talk about, you know, the fact that Connecticut does allow abortions and is uh, pro-choice, how this uh, law will affect people here in Connecticut. Uh, so we want to thank doc- Dr. Emily Fine for coming here on Real Talk today. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, tell us about you and the type of work that you do here in Connecticut. I am a gynecologist as part of a practice called Comprehensive Gynecology of Connecticut. We are one of many divisions of a wonderful parent organization called Women's Health of Connecticut. This is a large consortium of individual divisions that practice OBGYN or GYN alone throughout Connecticut and in other states. We are probably the largest single specialty group in the country. And um, I'm actually very proud of the organization. We have been very much ahead of this disaster of the dismantling of Roe v. Wade and have spoken out. And I'm really actually thrilled to be able to do this. Right. States like Connecticut uh, took steps uh, this year. Lawmakers passed uh, legislation codifying and uh, basically it, it expands access. But the other component it is uh, to protect women who come from other states uh, like Texas, uh, who want to have an abortion and can't have them. But I think what people uh, may not know, and I wasn't really aware of this, how strong the power is from other states um, that they can not only uh, stop you from having an abortion in a state like Texas, but if you come to Connecticut or another state, you could face legal uh, ramifications and penalties for that, including medical staff, doctors, APRNs who provide those uh, medical services. Yes, that is what we believe can be the case. And that has been a threat, not just from Texas, but from several other states as well. There have been some draconian ideas from these other states to trace cell phone records and transport records. Um, I will say that Connecticut, thankfully, is feeling very much like a safe haven. Uh, The governor, I was at a press conference recently with him, has made it very clear that in addition to Connecticut itself, codifying Roe v. Wade and protecting women's rights over her own body and her reproductive rights, they also have in place, and again, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't speak to this, but they are really actively pursuing protecting us so that we can take care of women from who come here from out of states. And that's actually already happening in real time. So I think it's a process that's going to evolve, but I feel confident that Connecticut is trying to be ahead of the game here and trying to protect us. What um, What is really scary, and I mentioned this to you before we started this conference, is that for OBGYNs in other states who want to just practice non-elective abortion care, and again, I, I, it's sad that I even am talking this way, they are in a state of panic about just managing things like miscarriages, ectopic pregnancies, infertility and the transfers of embryos, and we can get into that if you want to, but these states that are going dark, and there's many of them, 
those doctors who perhaps won't be performing abortions will one not perform the technique to even manage a miscarriage out of the fear of prosecution. So it's going to become clear that we may be receiving women who need non-abortion gynecologic care that these crazy states are going to go after. So it's going to get very complicated. Right. And I think what I've learned myself through all of this and looking at what's happened with Roe versus Wade, which really I think many people never expected this to happen, was that each woman's situation is different. Right. There are no two situations. And so, you know, I mean, you start to think, you know, what happens if a woman is raped by her father uh, in a state? Do you have to carry that child uh, or uh, an angry boyfriend uh, or you have maybe a disabled child or something, uh, you know, of that? So no situation is really the same. Isn't that right? That's very right. And I I'm hesitant I mean, I think these issues obviously are egregious and present clear-cut black and white cases for even those on the fence who are pro-choice. And, and we can address those. If you just hover over those cases, and I would like to address those, you're missing sort of the basic principle, which is abortion care is part of health care. It has existed for over 50 years. It is evidence-based, safe. It is safer than, much safer than having a baby. We have the highest rate of maternal mortality that we've had in years. Um, so again, yes, those examples are egregious. And I will tell you, do not be relieved by these court cases that have put a halt on some of these states reversing Roe v. Wade temporarily because they don't have a, an exception for rape and incest. Because let me tell you, as a, as a physician who deals with domestic violence, women who have been raped, women who are victims of incest, these women are not going to report these cases to the police. And in most of these states, the doctors will not be allowed to do those terminations unless these women report that uncle whatever raped me. I mean, it's, these, right. the, these cases are is almost as absurd as the Supreme Court justice who suggested that we just plop our babies at firehouses. And I think this, you're not realistic. This misconception that, you know, uh, oops, uh, you know, I didn't use my contraception uh, is really egregious. I mean, that's not the case. And there are many reasons why women uh, get pregnant and how that happens. And let's face it, I mean, contraception in itself is not 100% guaranteed either. Well, so again, I don't mean to push back on you because this is an important conversation, but oops, I forgot my contraception. That's okay, because you know what? One, we do not have socialized medicine. So not tons of people are uninsured or underinsured. Two, we have states that have not done the Medicaid expansion. Three, we have states who hated Obamacare from the get-go and didn't embrace the contraception mandate, which says that contraception, if you're lucky enough to have insurance, at least will not involve co-insurance and co-pay. So therefore, we have huge swaths of sexually active, fertile women who do not have access to birth control. That's number one. And two, even if they do, it costs. And for some people, $50 a month or $30 a month is a lot of money. Condoms are a lot of money. Plan B is a lot of money. And so until we, until the hypocrisy that these states that are reversing Roe v. Wade have the worst records for available medical care and available contraceptive care, 
jumping ahead a little bit, even in the ideal world, birth control pills were free, condoms were free, IUDs free, and access to doctors free. Nothing is perfect. Right. Nothing's perfect. And I also think that, you know, the decision to say, okay, it's up to states to decide can be very politically charged because the dynamics of a state legislature can change uh, with elections, uh, with governors and lawmakers. And should those politicians who change office or uh, be the ones to decide something so fundamental as a woman's right to her, uh, have control over her, her own body? And to me, that's just so basic. You know, as a physician and a gynecologist, having been in practice for three decades, I think that the relationships that we develop with these patients are so intimate and so private and so personal. And a woman's decision when to have a baby and and why for some reason it is not the right time and it would be dangerous both psychosocially or medically or financially is so out of the realm of politicians and judges that it is something absolutely that should not be dependent on states. And it's clearly the motivation behind these states is misogynistic. These states, I mean, if this, imagine if they were to pass a law saying that if you have an unintended pregnancy, it is the father or the the sperm source's responsibility to pay for the medical insurance, pay for her leave from work, pay for her maternity leave, pay for the child's upbringing and schooling and medical insurance. And and by the way, genetically, we can probably figure that out. Um, I guarantee you that these laws would not have passed. Yeah, I think you raise a very good point there because, you know, a life is a life and there's a lot that goes into that. And it's a lifetime um, commitment. What are your patients telling you now uh, since uh, this court case or decision? I have had unbelievable feedback from my patients through social media, through just calls. Even my patients who are politically not perhaps in the same place I am are really very pro-choice, as is the American people, as are most Republicans. And I feel sad for me and feel sad for this country and petrified for their children, both their whatever child, their children with uteruses and their children without uteruses. It is a very dark world we're entering. What do you think about what they are trying to do in Washington? Uh, President Biden is willing to change some of the filibuster rules, which is a a huge deal uh, because uh, he would like Congress to uh, be on board with passing something on a federal level, protecting a woman's right to choose. Do you think that can happen? I mean... You know, I, my, my family calls me Pollyanna because I'm always up. And yes, I hope and pray for that. Um, I'm petrified about the upcoming elections. But yes, if, if for some reason we can reverse, you know, stop the filibuster, the first priority has to be codifying Roe v. Wade. I will just say one thing. Several years ago, or was it last year or whatever, when uh, there was some discussion about the budget, there was a big discussion among the sort of female politicians and those of us in reproductive health, whether we should have asked that the Hyde Amendment be reversed right away. And I really felt, I just had a bad feeling that the Hyde Amendment should have been reversed. 
And just for the audience, the Hyde Amendment says that the federal government cannot spend any money towards abortion care. So people who get Medicaid through the federal government, people who are in the army, people, whatever, they can, the government will not pay for their abortions. And I think there are exceptions for. Right. I remember that. Um, The reason that is a problem is one of the sort of short term options, which AOC mentioned and everyone sort of laughed, but was not so outrageous, is to use federal buildings and federal places like even national parks and federal to at least provide some sort of abortion care support, whether it's the distribution of the medication or whether it's the actual performing of procedures to do it on federal grounds because the state can't really do anything about that. But with the Hyde Amendment, it becomes incredibly complicated. So I'm hoping, and again, I am not a lawyer, but in my dream that we can somehow work around this to at least have a stopgap measure in these states. What about, uh, so Connecticut, I mean, if I live in Connecticut, why should I be concerned? Uh, If I live here and it's protected, why should I worry about what's happening in other states? Your doctors and nurse practitioners um, and other clinicians in reproductive health and women's health are going to be burdened and resources are going to be burdened. And the reason we're going to be burdened is because our governor and our state legislature supports that we open up and take as many people as we can help. Um, And so you will see, you will see changes. Even now, there is this rush on plan B. There was this whole controversy recently where Walgreens and CVS were only gonna distribute three plan B per patient. And that's insane. I mean, if, if, if these states really want to impose this draconian ruling, then they better, in addition, to guaranteeing obstetrical care, they better guarantee free and full access to plan B and contraception. I mean, we should know, by the way, that under Obama, we had the lowest teen pregnancy rates that we have ever seen and a huge drop in abortion care. Why? Because he had the contraceptive mandate. We had women for $10 that would go in and get birth control pills who would come to see me and for and get a $700 IUD put in for zero cost to them. And it works. I mean, I'm not saying we'll never need abortion care. Of course we will, because nothing is perfect. And as again, there are unintended pregnancies, rape and incest. There are teenage girls who get drunk. I mean, we have to understand the way human humans behave. But that said, we certainly can make a huge dent. And none of these states that are going dark recognize the fact that they owe it to their population to do that if they're going to reverse Roe v. Wade. Right. And if you look at human behavior, it's not going to stop abortions, um, you know, and uh, that is the sad reality of what's happening. Yes. And I as, think- Amer- as, as ACOG said, American College of Religion said, we are not going to stop abortions. We're just going to see more women die from abortions and we will see women die. There is no question in my mind. We are going to see them die because they're going to attempt to self-abort. They're going to, we're going to see them die because of unintended pregnancies, inability to get an abortion and domestic violence. We are going to see women die because the maternal mortality <coughs> is up. It was just an article by JAMA the other day commenting on a 33% increase that met much of what can, cannot be attributed simply to COVID of maternal mortality. 
And in addition to Turner mortality, we have neonatal mortality. So we're having these women with unintended pregnancies who are not necessarily in the best physical and mental shape and certainly psychosocial shape, carrying pregnancies. Those women, by definition, are at risk for preemie babies, small babies, babies who may not make it or may make it with impairment. And this is the world that they've created. Right. I think you've highlighted something that, that that is a sad reality, and that is not everyone can hop on a plane and go to another state and have a procedure. There are a lot of people who can't, for whatever reason, financial means. Um, what about states, uh, you know, uh, can are there legal ramifications if some of those either contraception or the uh, the morning after are sent to those states? Uh, do you think that's going to, uh, you know, because you're, I mean, the, the, the internet is a huge factor and people will be searching for all kinds of ways, uh, you know, I, and, and will there be companies who will prey on that? I mean, I'm just being cynical here, but I, I would think that if someone is in a desperate situation and they don't want to have a child and they can't go talk to their OBGYN in their state, uh, you know, and they can't get on a plane, you know, that's, I. So again, you know, I'm not a lawyer or a politician, but I will say that Planned Parenthoods and other institutions that are perhaps not as robust as Planned Parenthood, but like that. And there's a wonderful national network abortion nonprofit that is hugely involved in every one of these states. They certainly will be recipients of those kinds of donated supplies. And if they can't perform the abortions, they certainly will be advocates for easy, quick, free birth control, morning after pill. Here's where it's going to get really messy. The two medications that are used for medical abortions are actually also used and very effective for managing what we call missed ABs. So a woman can have, can be pregnant and as much as 10 to 15% of all pregnancies will result in miscarriage. Okay. So again, this is a huge deal in these 26 states because remember 10 to 15% of those pregnancies that they wanted them to have are not going to make it. How are those miscarriages handled? Well, a woman can start bleeding and cramping and hemorrhaging, and she's going to have trouble finding a doctor who's going to want to terminate it. Because what if some police or lawyer comes in and says, how did you know there wasn't a viable heartbeat there? You know, the doctors there. So this is the panic that these women aren't going to find doctors or nurse practitioners who will manage normal miscarriage care. So those that there's those. And then there are women whose pregnancies are not viable, but they don't bleed yet. We just know that they don't progress and that there's no viable fetus. How do you manage them? Well, one of the best evidence-based ways to manage them is with the same two pills that we use to initiate an abortion. They're used in slightly different way, but they will help the woman to evacuate a non-viable pregnancy. How are we going to get those pills in those states if we have a governor and a state legislature that's going to think that they're being shipped in to have abortions, but they're the same medication? So do you see that this is going to make women suffer in other ways that we never even anticipated? It's complete insanity. 
Right, because it's not as simple as I'm I'm pregnant and I'm going to have a happy, healthy baby. I mean, all of us who have been pregnant in our lives understand that. I didn't realize it when I was pregnant myself that how many complications uh, can come about. And those first uh, few weeks are so critical. Uh, and uh, now they know a lot more. But uh, you've certainly shared some sobering uh things with us today and uh, i think states uh, will try to help other states and women will try to help other women i know planned parenthood is trying to wage a campaign online to let women know where they can go what they can do uh but uh these are these are very challenging times and i know a lot of other countries uh like the g7 and european countries are all looking in and seeing yes. this as a major step backwards for women. And I will say that, and I, you know, I don't, I can't really go into detail because I don't know it, uh, but I, but there is a source of those two medications that comes, I think, I believe from Belgium, from someone who's really committed to this mm-hmm. and has successfully managed to get those medications into some of these states. And evidently it become it's much more difficult. And I don't know the legal ramification of that to go after mail that comes out of the country. So that may be a continued source. And women are, you know, of course, all over the social media figuring out where that is. So, and again, this is trickling in and it shouldn't have to be this hard. Um, But I will say on one upbeat note about our state, at the press conference that I had um, last week, it was very clear to me that the governor and I spoke to a lot of his people after the press conference are really committed to thinking out of the box. And they're not just saying we're here for you, come and our providers will help you. And we do have an incredibly robust, wonderful Planned Parenthood of Southern New England. Um, and we have a lot of other providers who are very supportive. They, from a political point of view, are trying to think of other ways. And so I'm, I'm proud to be in Connecticut and I'm hopeful that they'll be able to follow through with some of the ideas that we've been talking about. I want to thank you for joining us on Real Talk. Uh, We've certainly had some Real Talk. (laughs) Uh, And it sounds like something that states are going to continue to struggle with and grapple with and try to figure out, you know, where they fit in this uh, gigantic puzzle of the United States. And uh, we'll have to see what happens. And uh, I hope you'll come back on Real Talk. And I want to thank, thank you, you for, for joining us and sharing. You have a lot of experience and uh, and we appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for having right. me. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining thank us on Real Talk. You're welcome.